Hallelujah, Lord, we give you thanks and praise right now. You alone are worthy of all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The scripture says, cast not away your confidence, because it has great recompense of reward. You look in the scripture of everybody that took a stand for God. You look at Noah. You look at David and his trial. You look at Moses. You look at all these men that stood. And all of them were persecuted and all of them were talked down at. And all of them had negative things said about them. But each and every one of them shared one thing in common. And that was that they stood firm. And that they waited and they saw God bring the victory. And when Noah began to see those raindrops begin to fall, yes, he felt bad for those, but he had great amounts of victory that he did not give in, that he did not change, that he did not allow himself to be conformed to everything else, but rather he kept believing in what God had promised him. And he kept saying, it does not matter what the devil wants to bring. I know I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I know my sins are washed away. I know God has filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost here. Amen. The devil can keep on talking, but he can't take your Holy Ghost away. He can't take your experience away. He can't take your promise away that God has given to you tonight. Amen. Amen. No matter what it is, I'm just looking to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so until I hear that, I know where I'm standing at. I know my hands are going to be still lifting up. I'm going to keep preaching the name of Jesus. I'm going to keep worshiping God with everything that I have because I know what God's done for me in my life. I know where he's brought me from and what he's given me right now. And I'm not going to allow anything to rob away what God is doing in my life tonight. Amen. And amen and amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm excited about what God's going to do here tonight. Amen. I've come expecting and anticipating a great move of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And we're going to continue to worship the Lord right now. Everybody say, God bless the offering. In Jesus' name.
God of mercy, that God of peace, that chief shepherd and bishop of our soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and let him know that you love him tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let God know that you love him. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. We magnify your name. We give you everything, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think we have run the devil out of this place. In Jesus' name. And it's not over yet. I want you to remain standing tonight. We're going to bring to the pulpit a friend of mine, Pastor Ramirez from Manhattan, New York. He is here uh, visiting with us tonight. We brought his lovely family with him, his wife, his four children, and we are glad that they can make it all the way from New York to South Florida to come and be with us to preach the word of the Lord. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Brother Ramirez, come and preach in Jesus' name. God bless you, brother. God bless you tonight. 
Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the Lord tonight. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. I feel God's presence here tonight, don't you? Amen. Pastor Feld mentioned to me as I was walking up here that you have people here that speak Spanish. Hay aquí gente que habla español aquí esta noche. Amén. Usted habla español. ¿Cuál es su nombre? Sonia Rivera. ¿Tu mamá está aquí? No está aquí. Vamos a orar para que ella venga aquí, ¿verdad? Amén. Praise God. Well, it's great to be here tonight. Amen. With, with everyone here. It's great to see the wonderful saints of the Lord in this place. I feel God's presence. I feel that people have been praying. People have been fasting and seeking God for this service. It's good to be here with Pastor Feld and the wonderful men of God that are here tonight and a good friend, Brother Urshan. Amen. I brought my family here with me. I want to give my wife an opportunity to stand and just uh, say something to everyone here tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. We've been traveling a lot, and uh, we came over here a few hours ago, and we walked into beautiful accommodations. Amen. It was just so great to just uh, go in there, freshen up, relax, amen, and, and spend some time uh, just getting ready for a wonderful time here with you tonight. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Urshan. Amen. It was so, so wonderful. Amen. I, I, I just feel like I, I don't want to say too much more. I feel God, God's presence here, and I, and I really uh, want to get right into what I feel the Lord has, has spoken to me about. I'd like for you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 27. Psalm 27. I'm going to read two verses of Scripture tonight. Once you get there, if you can stand tonight in honor of the Word of God. Amen. Psalm chapter 27. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. Psalm 27. Verses 7 and 8. It says here in the word of the Lord, Hear, 
O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about God's summons to prayer. God's summons to prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your presence and your power in this place tonight. Lord, your people have fasted, Lord God. They have prayed. They have sought your face, Lord God, for this service. Lord God, I pray that you would allow me, Lord God, to, to move, Lord God, with their prayers, Lord God, and, and with their fasting, Lord God, on top of, Lord God, the sacrifices that they have made in this place. I pray, Father, that you give me the words that I need in order to gain entrance into the hearts and minds of your people here tonight, Lord God. Lord, your word is anointed. I pray, Father, that you would anoint me, Jesus. Lord God, help me tonight. Give me the words, Lord God. Anoint me, Lord Jesus, that I may speak your word with power, Lord God, and with authority, Lord God, and with strength. Lord God, I pray that you would break, Lord Jesus, the fortress of the enemy, Lord God. Bring deliverance, Lord God. Bring strength. Bring healing. Bring encouragement, Lord God. Let faith, Lord God, rise in this place. Lord God, let it fill our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Lord Jesus, move by the power of your Spirit. Stretch out your hand, O oh God, to heal. Lord God, to deliver. Lord God, to strengthen, to heal, Lord God, and to save. Give us revelation. Give us understanding, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray tonight. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together and let's give God thanks and let's give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise tonight. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. David said in this verse, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said, Your face, Lord, will I seek. I'm going to come back to that verse a little bit later on in my message tonight. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had the opportunity to visit Turkey. Turkey is about 95 to 99% Muslim in their religion. If we were to visit Turkey, 
we would be awakened in the morning by a long, loud, mournful sound of a trumpet calling those Muslim people to prayer. Seven times a day they do this. They have this call to prayer. When this call goes forth, all the people turn towards Mecca and begin to bow down over and over again as they respond to this call to prayer. Cars stop. And the passengers, they get out, and the driver gets out. And they go off to the side of the street, and there they lay, kneeling down, bowing down over and over again as they respond to this call to prayer. Horses stop, and the riders get off, and they kneel down in the ground and respond to the call to prayer. You could be in a restaurant, and you could be ordering some food, and if the waiter hears this call, he will look at you, and he will say, excuse me, please, and off he goes into some familiar place, and there he bows and presses the knees against a carpet and responds to this summons to pray. You could be buying something, purchasing something in some store. And if that store clerk hears this summons to pray, he will stop what he is doing and he will go off into some corner, some place, and respond to the call to pray. All over, everywhere, everyone stops what they're doing. The whole place comes to a standstill while all these people everywhere respond to the call to pray. They don't even have to be in their own country. One day I was in New York City. I was a building superintendent at that time. And I had to make an appointment with a, uh, a man to go into his apartment to do a repair. In New York City, we have all kinds of different people from all over the world. And, and this particular person happened to be a Muslim. And um, I made an appointment with him. And I got to his house. And Ahmed was coming out. And he said, I, I hadn't, was, wasn't able to arrive at the time that I had made with him because some things came up. And I got there a little bit late. And as I was coming to his apartment, he told me, I, I can't let you in my apartment right now. I'm, I'm going to the mosque. I have to go and pray. And, so it, and it was a pretty important appointment that we had, and I had to do some things there. But he didn't care about that. He wanted to go and pray. When I think about this, it breaks my heart that people could be so diligent and so dedicated to a call to prayer from some God that is not the true God. That, that it's, it's not the God that we know. 
But what breaks my heart more than anything else is to know that we who are apostolic, who have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, who have repented of our sins, who have been filled with the Holy Ghost, that some of us have dismissed God's call to prayer, have ignored God's call to prayer. This is a youth rally today. And I want to share with you something today that God has been dealing with some of you about already. There's a call in the Spirit that can come at any time of day or night that will bid you to stop what you are doing and find a place to pray. It's most often for a specific purpose and a specific time that requires you to stop what you're doing at that particular moment and go off somewhere and find a place to pray. Now, we want God to use us, right? We want God to, to reach down and make us vessels where he can speak to us and we could be moved by his spirit. Isn't that what we all want? Amen? God already has things that he has planned. He has things that he has already orchestrated in the spirit. He has things that he wants done. And he is looking for people that will respond to his call to prayer. If we as young people here today can learn this early on in our walk with God, God can use us in a very, very powerful way. Let's, let's lift our hands here for a moment. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your presence, for your power. Lord God, move in this place. Lord God, speak to us by the power of your spirit. Oh, Lord God, we need you in this place tonight. Mm, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I know that I am going slow here tonight. You may be seated. Amen. But I, I, I really want to unburden my heart here, and I, I want to make sure that I get across exactly what it is that God wants me to give you here tonight. 
The Lord's call to prayer is not like the Muslim call to prayer. The Lord's call to prayer does not come in a blading or a howling voice. I have learned in the Spirit that God most often comes to me softly, quietly. Let me turn your attention to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'd like to read a story to you regarding the prophet Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 13. Look what it says here in the Word of God. Talking about Elijah, it says here, And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire, still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face and his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? The Lord called him to pray. He sent him up to the mountain. And Elijah was there waiting on God. And all of a sudden a wind came. The wind was so powerful that it ripped the trees out of their roots and, and blew them across the way. And he saw trees flying in front of him. And, and he said, surely God has to be in the wind. And he goes out looking for the Lord. He wasn't there. God was not in the wind. And so he thought about that for a moment. And all of a sudden he begins to feel the, the ground begin to shake. And an earthquake began to come all over the area and, and boulders begin to drop and things begin to shake. He says, God must be walking here right now. And so he looked for God in the earthquake, but he couldn't find him in the earthquake. And then a fire began to sweep over the area, began to sear the trees, and, and he had to go deep inside the cave in order to get away from the heat of the flames that begin to burn all that area. And he said, surely God must be in the flames. But God was not in the flames. And he walks out and begins to look at the landscape, destroyed, trees uprooted, fire destroyed everything around, and boulders and everything just not where it was before. And as he was contemplating all that, a still, small voice came to him and said, what 
doest thou here, Elijah? God is not going to call us to prayer using a loud, blaring voice. If we're going to hear him, we're going to have to be listening for him. It's going to be that tender thing in the back of our mind that calls us to prayer. Now, those of us that have been in the Lord for some time, you know what I'm talking about here tonight. You know about those times that God has bothered you when you were sleeping, right? You remember that? You were all comfortable in your bed, and all of a sudden, God begins to move on you, wants you to get up. He's burdening you to pray. Or you, me, have been tending the kids and, or doing washing dishes, and all of a sudden, you hear God's voices. You need to stop what you're doing and find a place to pray. You may have been at work. A man about to take a break or take your lunch break or something and God begins to move on you and wants you to pray about something specific. It's going to be that still small voice in the back of our mind that calls us to prayer. You see, there's an attitude of seeking God all during the day that any time he wants to get our attention, he can't. David called it waiting on God. In Psalm chapter 25 and verse 5, he, he, he says, On thee do I wait all the day long. Paul called it praying without ceasing. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he says, Pray without ceasing. There, there's an attitude. There, there's there, there's a, 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 a desire for God, a, a, a way that you that you walk with God all during the day that at any time God needs to get your attention he can you see there's there's more to seeking God than just being a friend to men you must be a friend of God and to do that we must maintain an attitude an atmosphere a spirit of prayer. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord here for a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Jesus. Help me tonight, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. There's, there's almost a loneliness about it. There's a sobriety about it. There's a, a unhurriedness about it. A peace about it. There's a, a vigilance about it. 
Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 to be sober and vigilant. Why? Because we won't hear the call to prayer if we walk in an attitude of silliness and of giddiness and of distraction. If we work more at being a friend of men than being a friend of God, it most likely that when God really needs to get our attention, we won't be able to hear him. There was once a young man that applied for a job as a, a Morse code operator. Uh, he answered an ad in the newspaper and he went to the office listed in the ad. And when he arrived, he entered a large, busy room with all kinds of chatter and noise going off in the background. And, and off in the distance in the background, he heard the, the ticking away of a Morse code telegraph machine in the background. And a sign on the receptionist counter instructed all the applicants to walk in to pick up a a job application to fill it out and await in the waiting area until they were summoned into the inner room of the office. And so the young man came in, he followed the instructions, he filled out the application, he gave it to the receptionist, and he sat down with about 75 other applicants that were sitting there waiting for the job interview. A few moments after he was sitting there, he got up. He walked over to the door to the inner office. He opened the door and he walked in. And all the other applicants that were sitting down began to murmur and say, what is this guy doing? The, the rudeness and the, the brashness of him, he, he hasn't even been called. Why is he getting up and going to, to the door and walking right in? So they began to, to talk and murmur amongst, amongst themselves. And a few minutes later, the young man comes out with the employer. And the employer looks at all the other 75 applicants that were there. He says, uh, thank you all for coming. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to come and see us. Uh, but the job has been filled. You can go home. Needless to say, all the guys that were there were very upset. And they began to talk among, amongst themselves again. And uh, they were angry, and one of them was bold enough to get up and say, hey, you know, we've been here waiting for hours. And this guy just came in two or three minutes ago, and he just walked in. None of us were called. None of us were summoned. It's not fair. And their employer looked at them, and he said, I I'm sorry, but... All of you here that were sitting here, in the background, there was a telegraph machine going off, and it was ticking away this message. If you understand this message, come right in. The job is yours. If you understand this message, walk right in. The job is yours. He says, none of you heard it. None of you understood it. And none of you responded. He did. 
The job is his. You can go home. Hallelujah. There are many people just sitting around waiting for God to call them. Meanwhile, heaven's telegraph machine is ticking away, calling us, asking us to move. Amen. Asking us, why don't you get up? Come on, get up from bed. I'm calling you. I have something I want you to pray about. But sometimes we say, oh, not now, God. I'm just, give me another five minutes. And you roll over and go back to sleep. Lord, just as soon as I finish with these dishes, I'll, I'll pray about that. God, I'm, I'm working on this carburetor, and I'm just about it, got it installed, and as soon as I get done with this, I'll pray. God says, all right. And he goes to someone else. I know you know what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. See, the devil has trapped some of us in a busy world of noise, chatter, entertainment, pleasures, and we've become distracted. We've tuned in the world and tuned out God. If we want to be used by God, young people, if we want God to use us in these last days, we must separate ourselves from this world. We must tune in God and tune out the world. Don't let the world distract you. Don't let the world Catch you up in its pleasures, in its entertainment. Amen. And, and let the devil get you all tied up in all that junk. Amen. And get you so involved in that where you can't hear God anymore. You may be seated. God wants to use you. He wants to move in your life. He needs someone, someone that will hear him, someone that will respond to him, that would take time to say, here I am, Lord, use me, use me. Who is that going to be? Who's going to respond to God's call to prayer? You don't have to be strong or intelligent all you got to be is willing that's all just willing just willing to say yes Lord here I am use me the more time we spend with someone the, the better we can recognize their voice some of you may be thinking in your mind, oh, I, I don't know when God calls me. I, 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 can't, 
I don't know when it's God or when it's the devil. If you spend time with God, you will recognize his voice. And you will know when he's calling you to prayer. When I was in the Marine Corps, we spent three months in boot camp. And part of that time was spent in breaking us down. I lived with about 70 men. We did everything together. Took showers together. Used the restroom together. Okay. We slept together. Different beds, but we slept all in the same place. <laughs> Amen. One open squad bay is what we called it. Amen. I got to know those men, but more importantly, I got to know my drill instructor. I knew his voice. And there were times where we would go inside uh, the mess hall and we would sit down to you. Has anybody ever been here in the military? Anybody who's in the military? You know what I'm talking about. You knew that drill instructor's voice. All kinds of drill instructors could be screaming at their platoons all over the place. And you would not budge. You would stay where you were at. But the day that you heard your drill instructor say, fall in, you would stop what you were doing, and you would go to the designated place, and you would fall in. I was, we were doing parade deck drills, and we would be out in the parade deck. There would be hundreds of Marines out there, hundreds of them. And there would be dozens of drill instructors barking out commands, left, right, about face, to the rear march, and we would not obey any of their commands. Only our drill instructor's command. Why? Because we knew his voice. And there were times that our drill instructors, where they, were, they would have uh, games with one another. And they would say, why don't you go ahead and try to command my platoon and bark out commands to them and see if they obey you. And we would be keep, keep marching straight ahead. And they would say all kinds of commands and we would not budge. God help us. God help us if one of us would budge. We knew their voice. We knew their voice. I know there's a lot of people here married here tonight, right? Many people are married. I guarantee you, Brother Urshan, you can, sit, you can stand right here, close your eyes, and we can get all the women in this, in this room right now begin to call out your name. Call out your name, screaming your name. Brother Urshan, say all kinds of stuff. And we can have your wife somewhere in the corner somewhere just whispering your name. All she has to do is whisper your name. And you know, you know you would find her in all that crowd. Every person that's married here could probably do that here tonight. You could be, they could, they could be screaming and yelling. Your wife does not have to scream. All she has to do is come over here, baby. Come over here. Just whispering. I wish I could say that about God. I wish I knew or I, I recognized God's voice in that level. Where God only has to whisper to me. 
I confess to you here tonight that God does talk to me softly, but sometimes I don't hear him. I wish I did all the time. I'm speaking to you today, young people, because if you start practicing now, you can get to a place where that you will never miss God's call. You will know what his voice is like, and you will never miss it. David said, when thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. You say, when is that going to be, Brother Ramirez? I don't know when that's going to be. That's the whole key to my message. I don't know when God's going to call you to prayer. I don't know when God's going to ring your spiritual phone. I don't know when God is going to bid you to stop what you're doing and find a place to pray. I don't know when that's going to be. I do know one thing, though. God doesn't call those who didn't move before. If you have ignored God's call, if you have dismissed God's call over and over and over again, He is not going to trust you like He used to trust you. The call to prayer is a crisis. Sometimes, People are in danger right now. I mean, right now. That if the call to prayer is not like a trumpet out of some tower that rings our spiritual phone and we stop what we're doing and pray. Missing that can be the time that a brother or sister got hurt. Not doing that may be a time where we we did not pray for our, our child that needed to be to have prayer. The call to prayer sometimes is a crisis. People are in danger at that moment. There are brothers and sisters that need our help. And God is looking for someone who will pray. Lord called me to pray one time for my brother. I was in North Carolina. My brother was in Puerto Rico. And felt a burden. I didn't know what it was about. Just got a burden to pray for him. And I felt very, very heavy, so I just began to pray for him. His name was Jose. He's not doesn't do things the way he should be doing them. He doesn't know the Lord. 
In any case, I prayed for him. I didn't know what I was praying about. And um, after I prayed for him for a while, the burden left. A few weeks later, I got a, a letter from my mother and telling me that my brother got held up at gunpoint. And uh, he almost got killed. And when I, you know, started thinking and connecting the dots, I figured out that the time that he was, was uh, being held up was a time that I began to pray for him. And I talked to him about it. He told me that when he was held up, they were pointing the gun at him, and he lifted up his hands, and they were trying to get him to go under this bridge. And he knew that if he went under that bridge, that was it for him. He was going to die. They were going to kill him. And he said that uh, he didn't know what to do, and all of a sudden he said something spoke to him and told him, just turn around, run, and zigzag down the street and begin and just scream. And so that's what he did. He turned around, he ran, and started zigzagging down the street and just kept running. Well, he turned around, and the other guys were running away from him. I read a story in a book. This book, you can read the story if you want. This is a book by Herbal Bean, page number 20. It's Herbal Bean's book on prayer, page number 25. He talks about Sister Freeman, one of our missionaries to South Africa at that time. And he said that, that on the first voyage to South Africa, that all, the, her, all her children were sick. Five children, all of them were sick. She has spent five nights and days just wrestling with their sickness. And she had prayed. She had done everything she knew to do. And, and she was exhausted. And so she cried out to the Lord, and she asked the Lord to, to call somebody, to have some saint of God pray for me. I, I'm exhausted. I need help. Well, when she made that prayer, a few moments later, the, all the chest of her children began to go down, and they felt all of them got better almost immediately. A few weeks later, she received some letters from brothers and sisters, saints, all over the nation. They were asking specifically about her children. They said, oh, man, I was, I was sleeping at night, and God called me to pray. How are, you, how are you kids doing? And another letter came in. I, you know, I was, I was walking down the street, and, and God called me to pray. How are you kids? See, God uses his people in prayer. There are things happening right now. God has chosen to use us. He's chosen to do that. He's chosen to you, use the likes of you and I to minister to people. And he will call us to prayer. He will use us. Let me, let me read you a story. This is something recently that happened. Some of you may know this minister. I read this in, the, in an article, and, and I, it, it so stood out to me that I, figured I wanted to share this with you tonight. I wanted to try to make a point. I, I wanted to somehow speak to one of you young people. If we, can get, if we can get into a place where God can use us like this, there's no telling what you can do for God 
in your life. If you can be sensitive to God and just hear God's all you got to do is hear his voice and respond. That's all you got to do. You don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't, you don't, all you got to do is hear what God is saying and do it. That's all. Let me read you the story. This is Brother Cody Marks. It says here, in May of this year, we were experiencing a wonderful revival in Durham, North Carolina with Pastor Johnny Godair. After a tremendous Sunday service, I became very stirred and uncomfortable. Prayer would not remove the uneasiness, but instead intensified the feelings. Around 2 o'clock in the morning, now look the way that God works. Now, God had been bothering him, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning. God did not let him loose because he had someone that was sensitive to him, that was responding to prayer. So God kept pestering him. Two o'clock in the morning, I felt the leading of the Spirit urge me to get dressed and to drive. Unknowingly, I ended up driving a couple of miles away and found myself in the parking lot of the campus of Duke University. The waves of prayer continued to splash in my soul. After a while, the prayer began to subside, and I was about to leave the parking lot when something grabbed my attention. Under a dim sidewalk light, I noticed a man sitting on a bench. And immediately, I felt the Spirit compel me to go and speak with this person. Apprehensively, I approached him and noticed something very surprising as I got closer. Sitting, sitting cross-legged on the bench was an Asian man holding an open Bible in his lap. Now, let me stop here for a moment. There is complete precedent to this in the New Testament. Philip, in, in Acts chapter 8, was having a great revival. Signs and wonders, all kinds of things were happening. And God called him out of that revival to speak with one man. One man. Philip was sensitive enough to hear God's voice and move. Go away from a place where God was having great things and doing great wonders and going to speak to one solitary man. He goes on to say, he looked up at me with eyes full of storminess and confusion. And I quickly began to question him. Would you like for me to share some things with you that I know about this book? His response was shocking. In a voice full of contempt, he replied, I would say you're almost too late. What do you mean, I asked, confused. And he began to share with me his story. I am from Red China. Six years ago, my family came in contact with this Holy Bible. There was no way or there was no way or no one to explain to us what we were reading, but something about this book seemed real to us. My grandmother, the spiritual leader of our family, she told me that when I came to America for school, I would find the God of this book. I've been here now five years. 
I finished my schooling. My plane leaves this morning. And no one has talked to me yet as my grandmother thought they would. Leaving me to conclude that apparently there's nothing really to this book. I've taken it everywhere with me. I've laid it open on my table in restaurants and bookstores. And nobody has taken the time to stop and share. Your Americans are so selfish. Doing your own thing. Never noticing people like me. In five years, not one invitation to any kind of church. At this point, I could no longer, this is Brother Cody Mark speaking. At this point, I could no longer control the emotions. Falling on my knees facing him, I began to repent, begging him to forgive me and confess, confessing my guilt and remorse. I felt his hand uncomfortably patting my back as I knelt in front of him. After a few moments, I managed to pull myself together and began to share with him the God of the book he has been longing to learn about. He eagerly listened to every word like a dying man that has finally found a cure. When I started to explain to him about repentance, he catches it and begins to repent on his own without me even telling him to do so. Forgive me for the dirty man I've been, I heard him say. He stops long enough to tell me, I'm overwhelmed with the same emotion you expressed a few moments ago. Excitedly, I began to explain to him that he is feeling the presence of the Spirit of God. The repentance moved to stammering lips, and quickly I tell him about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. To my astonishment, he raised his hands and began to speak in the mo most beautiful language as the Spirit gave him the utterance. I said, you can clap your hands. Hey, Amen. this happened. His plane was to leave in a few hours. We did not have much time to talk, but the glow on his face and the joy in his voice told the story. We exchanged information, and as we were saying our farewells, he hugged me, and we both began to pray again in the spirit. His last words were, I can't wait to tell my family about this. He assured me that he would all be baptized in Jesus' name, even if they had to do it themselves. I, I share this with you because... I want you to understand that the call to prayer is a crisis. This man was leaving that night. If this brother had not responded to God, he would have never met this man. This man would have went back to Red China exactly the way he came here, without any knowledge of God. Someone... must have the burden to find God and allow God to touch them in the call to prayer. Some people say, well, God knows what's going on and, and God's just going to take care of it. God doesn't do anything until we pray. You have not because you ask not.
When God showed me this years ago, it put me on my face for days and days. Because I, I had it in my mind that, that God knew what was going on. And God would just take care of it. But I learned that if I didn't pray, I didn't get an answer. If I didn't ask God for the things that I wanted and for the things that I needed, God did not answer me. If we don't understand this principle, then prayer will never mean anything to us. God has his plans, but his plans always include a man or a woman. Brothers and sisters, God has chosen to use us. He has limited himself on purpose to use the likes of you and I. If we don't respond, if God does not find a man or a woman through whom he can work, he will not move. Some of you say, Brother Ramirez, that's really strong. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter number 22. Let me show you something here in God's word. Ezekiel 22. We're going to look at verse 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Look what it says here in God's word. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge that should stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath their own way have I, upon, I, I, have I recompense upon them, upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God looked for someone. Someone to stand in the gap. Someone to make up the hedge. He did not want to destroy the land. He wanted to minister. He wanted to save. He wanted to deliver but he could not find someone to stand in the gap. Before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he called Abraham to prayer. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says that the eyes of the Lord run through and forth throughout the whole earth seeking someone 
that he can use. Someone whose heart is perfect towards him. Someone that, that he can call to prayer. Someone that's sensitive enough to move and to stop what they're doing and respond to him. How about it, young people? Can we do that? Can we love God enough that we can stop what we're doing and find a place to pray? Ezekiel chapter 9, verses 3 to 4. There's a, there's a picture, a vision in heaven. And there's a man standing with an inkhorn. An angel standing there with an inkhorn. And God tells that angel, he says, I want you to go through Jerusalem. And I want you to put a mark on the forehead of those who sigh and cry for the destruction of my people. I want to know who they are. I want to know their name. I want to know who my prayer warriors are. I want to know who are they among my people that it doesn't make a difference what time of day or night. If they hear my voice, they will respond. I want to know who they are those people that I can count on. Let's worship the Lord here for a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, move in this place tonight. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, don't, don't pass this off as just another sermon. I, I'm not trying to preach a sermon here tonight. I'm trying to, to talk to you about the heartbeat of God. I'm talking to you about things in the Spirit that can make or break your relationship with God. We who have been baptized in Jesus' name, we who have repented of our sins, who have been filled with the Holy Ghost. What are we going to say to God? What are we going to say to Him when we have ignored His call, we have dismissed His call so many times that we hear that call no longer? When was the last time that God bothered you at night, came knocking on your door, and asked you to pray? When was the last time that God said to you, push away the plate, I need you for something? 
Has he done that to you recently? When was the last time? Jesus. How many times have we heard that call to prayer? And we knew. We knew. We knew it was God calling us to pray. We say, not now, God, not now. I'm too tired. No. No, now. I need for you to pray now. God, just as soon as I finish these dishes, no. Daughter, not. I need you to pray now. I need you now. God, not now. I, I'm, I'm working on something here on the computer. I'm almost done. No, son. I need you to pray now. Stop what you're doing. I need you now. Jesus, I need you now. I need you now. I need you now. Not later. Now. Jesus. That's it, brothers and sisters, seek after him. That's it. Amen. Amen, that's it. Amen, let the Lord speak to you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel Jesus walking among us here. Oh, go ahead and respond to him tonight. Come on, saints of God, let's seek him for you for a moment. Amen. That's it. Continue to reach out to him. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's two things that should drive us to this altar here tonight. One is the call to prayer. The other is the knowledge that we have not heard that call for a long, long, long time. That should drive us to this altar here tonight. Amen. We should make this altar a ragged nest of people crying, striking out for God, for God to touch them, for God to renew them, for God to bless them. Oh, yes, Jesus. That's it, brothers and sisters. Amen. That's it. Amen. Respond to God here tonight. Respond to Him. Amen. Let God use you. Amen. Renew. Rekindle. Amen. That walk with God. Let's seek him. Let's seek him. Let's seek him. Oh, God. God, use me, Jesus. Oh, cry out. Tell God to use you. God, use me. Oh, God, use me. I want to hear your voice. I want to recognize your voice, oh, God.
Lord, I kneel at your feet. Take me to that holy 